The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Wing Chun Illustrated is the premier publication for Wing Chun. Published six times a year, Wing Chun Illustrated is a perfect bound, full-color, glossy publication. Each 60-page issue comes packed with in-depth content and feature stories by and about the world's greatest exponents of Wing Chun, regardless of lineage or style. Wing Chun Illustrated has featured people like Imin Bostepe, Philip Bayer, Yip Chun, Gary Lam, Donald Mack, Samuel Kwok, David Peterson, Chan Chi Man, Mark Phillips, Wan Kam Leung, Sam Lau, Robert Chu, Sifu Sergio, Victor Ken, and many, many more. There are two ways you can enjoy this fantastic publication. Go to wingchunillustrated.com and order the magazine as a print-on-demand. The print quality is simply amazing. Or download the Magster app and get a subscription. That's Magster, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. This way, when the new issue hits the stands, you'll automatically receive it as a download onto your smart device for offline reading. In fact, with your new Magster account, you can access the magazine on multiple devices, iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, and web browser. To make the deal even sweeter, listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast can use the coupon code DUDES to get a six-month complimentary digital subscription. That coupon code is DUDES, typed in all capital letters. Go to Magster, again M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, to register, add the six-month subscription to the cart, and apply the coupon code at checkout. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine. Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dudes of Kung Fu, man. Alex, how you doing, brother? Good, man. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing our first show back in a little bit last week, and the response was overwhelming. I forgot how much our fans actually give a crap about this show. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I can't believe it. It's like... In just a few days, in just a few days, it's gotten over 700 downloads. Yeah. In yeah. in in a couple of days, I mean, it's like, it's so uh, the, the the podcast is doing great. We have we have well over 105,000 downloads now. It's um it's uh, and thank you fans. I mean, it's just like the guys that support the dudes. We really appreciate it, you know. And especially guys like you know Topher and John Turnbull and those other guys that are, all the Patreon supporters are just amazing. Yeah, I also found oh, out one of my guys. students was a Patreon supporter as well. I, uh, I, I, he, he on Monday one of my students, his name is Albert uh, Fenuff. He came up to me. He's like, "Oh, was, I like the latest podcast." And I'm like, "Wait, I, I thought it wasn't out yet." He goes, "Oh no, I'm a Patreon supporter." And I was like, "Oh, like, <laughs> well, I had, like no thank idea." Thank you. <laughs> so thanks, Albert, for that. That's totally awesome. So I saw you did something at Citibank. What was that all about, bro? Oh yeah, so. Um, yeah, so occasionally, you know, big companies will call me in to do these things. They're like a, like a lunch and learn for their employees. Instead of going out for lunch, their employees will come and then I'll do like a presentation. And uh, which is kind of funny because it's always for these big companies. So it's like, well, why the hell are these big companies interested in bringing in some kung fu guy during their, you know, perfectly serviceable lunch break to talk to them? And uh, what I do is I, I do like a kind of a... Uh, a presentation about how you can apply the principles and ideas behind Wing Chun to everyday communication and to the workplace. So essentially how you can use a principle-based system. 
Yeah, the way we use yeah. it in Wing Chun, but you can use it to deal with like, you know, annoying co-workers and like just problem solving at work and why that, you know, martial arts is problem solving and we don't have to deal with the problem of someone punching us in the face every day, but we have to deal with people every day. So we right, like, like my like the guy the guy I do a podcast with, he's a complete pain in the ass. <laughs> exactly. So you should come to one of these things and learn how to deal with that guy. <laughs> I would, but I would, but you, I, I have the sensible thing that I do at lunch. I, I eat. Now maybe I eat a little too much, but that's something I do on my lunch break at work. Is I, I eat for lunch. Sure. So, um, for sure. So anyways, great. And I don't know, uh, you know the Citibank building that's in Queens, right? You can see it's like huge. It's got the Citibank logo. You can see it from Manhattan. You know the one I'm talking about. I don't. I tend not to look at Queens. <laughs> well, there's a huge Citibank headquarters, and it's right in the middle of Long Island City, right over the water, and they're actually closing it down. So I was, oh, like, wow. I, it was, I was happy to see it because Amazon was going to take that building before they pulled out oh. of doing their thing in New York, and Citibank already pieced out. So now no, and apparently they don't have a new tenant for that building. So wow, that whole building is going to be empty pretty soon, which is like un someone's got to get fired over that for sure. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Totally crazy, man. Totally crazy. So what's been going on with you this last week? Well, you know, we've got the wedding next week, so uh, everything is uh, geared towards that, you know. My wife sure. running around like a chicken without a head, and yeah. she's, you know, helping them plan everything. And uh, so that's going on. And you know me, I'm still got my obsession with my guitars, so that's... Uh, that's my, uh, my 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 week it consists of work and guitars and food, but uh, right, right, right. we're adding, we're, adding, we're adding walking to that, so it'll be all right. So this week yeah. we have a we have a guest on the show, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, that's right. And I've met this guest before. Why don't you introduce him? Uh, folks, this is um, there's probably a, there's probably seven people in my life in my world that I would say is my close friend. And, and this guy is one of them. His name is Darren Magris, and um, he's he's my friend, and he's my my I, I call him my boxing coach, although I haven't I haven't done much boxing with him lately. But um, Darren's one of the best boxers I've ever personally seen, and definitely one of the best coaches that I've ever seen. And I've been dying to get him on the show because, you know, if one if Wing Chun people and JKD people can agree on one thing, we both strive for simplicity in our arts. And when you look at boxing, it's, you know, it's fucking four techniques, right? Jab, cross, hook, uppercut. It's how they apply it. So welcome to the show, Darren. Thank you, uh, Sean. And uh, Alex, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's awesome. Yeah, man. So so, but I have to correct Sean. There's only two punches in boxing. <laughs> ones that hit and ones that miss. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I only have one then. No one might miss. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so I thought I thought it'd be cool to have Darren on and I want to talk to him about um, a few things one of the things I want to talk to him about was like you know there's the training methodology of boxers because you know there's there's a uh, a mystique about boxers that's totally fucking earned and that mystique is that they will fuck you up if you throw a punch at them and 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 you know what a lot of kung fu people I think uh, live in this imaginary world of fighting in some way, but boxers kind of put it on the line and, and and there's something to be said for that and I think we could learn a lot from each other, like, you know, and I think um, boxing like, us as kung fu people can learn from boxers and, and their training methodology and uh, 
and, and I think Darren is the great the great guy to, to talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, sure. I, I you know, now Darren's new to podcasting, and um, he uh, he said that if I embarrass him, he's going to hurt me, and he can <laughs> follow through with this. So we're not going to try him. Like you'll notice, I'll make fun of Alex, but I'm not going to make fun of Darren. Because Darren's also in the same room as you. Now, Darren's in the same room as me. And Sean, Alex is not. Sean and Alex are more than welcome to throw jabs at me. I, I'm, any kind of jokes, you know, verbal jabs are fine. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, like, uh, if, you, if, you, if you Google Darren, you'll see that he has the face of a boxer. If we can say that. Yeah. But the face only a mother would love. <laughs> You know, one of the first times, not that we sparred, but the first time we ever moved around like with boxing gloves on, me and Darren, he won't even remember this, but it left an indelible memory on me. We were moving around a little bit, and um, I was like sticking out my hand like a, like a very light jab and basically touching him on the crown of his forehead. And I was so excited about it. I was like, oh, look, I'm, I'm able to hit Darren. He's a boxer, and I'm touching his forehead. And Darren, I said, I eventually said something to him, like, oh, you know, I was surprised I was able to hit you. And he goes, oh, he goes, I don't care. You can hit me up there all fucking day long. <laughs> He's like, oh. and that's what he said to me. He says, um, I still remember it. It's like, he lowers my chin's down. He goes, this is the knockout area. And he kind of rubbed along on his chin and his jawline. He says, my forehead, you can fucking punch me up there all day long. It's not going to matter. You don't hit that hard. And I was just like so deflated. And he told me, you know, Hands up, chin down, eyes open, and breathe. That's it. Cool. And 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 he told me that it's got to be ten years ago. Probably more. Probably more than that. Maybe fifteen years ago. He, he told me that in my basement. You know, hands up, chin down, eyes open, and breathe. And it's something that I still say to myself when I'm gonna like move around with a guy. Like, like it's it's still like when like 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 last weekend, two weekends ago, when I had some kung fu guys over for my birthday. And um, we just just standing up, like a little mantra I just say in my head, you know, hands up, chin down, eyes open, breathe. And it literally puts me in the right frame of mind and just a reminder to keep my chin down and my hands up. And I know it may sound lame to some of the people that listen in the audience that, oh, you got to be reminded of that. But there's nothing wrong with reminding yourself of that, you know. It's, it's about basics. Um, Darren, a quick question. So, like, who are your favorite boxers? What are the boxers that you're a little bit more partial to in terms of their style and how they fight? I'm going to have to say I, like, I really like Mike Tyson because when he came into the uh, heavyweight arena, he, he was doing every, everything that a lightweight does to heavyweights at, the, you know, at a heavyweight, and he was just knocking people out. Um, uh, Roy Jones Jr. is another one. He has... Several fights. I think one of his fights is like super famous because he did. He went two rounds without being touched. Wow. The other guy couldn't hit him for two rounds. It was ridiculous. But once he got knocked out, I think it just ended his. He just it, his his frame his psyche, of mind yeah. kind of went sure. a whole different direction. Um, there are a lot of like Sugar Ray Ren Sugar Ray Leonard was a really not. I'm like an '80s guy. All those yes. guys, uh, Hagler, Hearns, right. some of those fights. But we got guys now that are. Crazy, you know, like it's just yeah, Lomachenko and all those guys can move pretty amazingly. I think the promoters and the whole business of boxing is killing it for the good boxers, right? I mean, that's just you know, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to get to the business side of it, but yeah, there's some really great fighters out there. Well, you know, I, I, I'll always have a special spot in my heart for Tyson, just the way he moves. Like, you know, there's videos on YouTube of, of Tyson moving in, like bobbing his head all the way in, and then coming in with these like uppercuts and hooks. 
that looked like it would stop a truck. I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, it's yeah. you know, but like, that's what I want to talk to you. Like we, you know, in JKD and Wing Chun, we call what we do Chinese boxing. Oh, some people call what we do Chinese boxing. Some people call it the Macarena dance. But, um, like, there's a skill set to be developed. Like, you know, Alex has a progression that he takes his students through. Probably, it's probably considered it's world class. You know, it's well. He's well known in that in 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 Wing Chun circles for his teaching and his school is world famous. Me, you know how I do things in my basement. It tends to be more the seat of the pants kind of thing, and I'm more based on strategy and that kind of. If you, if when you're going to take a, a guy who has some basic boxing skills, he knows how to throw a jab, cross hook up, but properly. What kind of what kind of progression do you take him through? Like, like what are some of the drills that you'll focus on to to bring him to the next level? Depending on, I guess, where they are. Like, what's something that you consider like vital? Like, what do you like? What do you work on? Um, I could tell by my experience, uh, stamina. You got to be able to last. I've won fights just because I've lasted longer than the other guy. Right. You know, it takes a lot out of you to throw punches, but it takes more out of you to get hit by punches. So. I mean, that's with any kicks or punches. Right, sure, sure. It doesn't sure. matter. Um, just getting somebody who's wants to get there. You got to do this. You got to do the, all the work. It's not just going to the boxing gym and punching the heavy bag and hitting the speed bag. You got to be on the road running. You got to make sure you're eating correctly. It's a whole. There's not. There's not. It's not. A, it's a puzzle. There's a lot of pieces. You know, just like your arts. It's not. Nobody's gonna get there by just learning to do one particular punch or kick. Right, yeah, sure, trying, sure. You know? Well, when I, when I look at boxers and, and MMA fighters, I, I tend to look at, um, I find it really interesting, looking at the timing of guys, the slipping and the bobbing and the weaving, like that kind of, that, I, I always find that, I always respect guys that could stay in close and deal with that, deal with punches coming at them without having to run away. Which is always my first my first move is just get get out of the way, just get out of the way. But the idea of being able to stay in close and and slip a punch, bob and weave, whatever the correct term is, is something that I I'll always respect. And how how do you how do you train that? How do you train slipping? You just gotta get in there, and throw punches. At you. What what we used to do is we used to have a, a training drill. We just stand toe to toe. And it was a jab drill. First you start with just jabs. I throw just jabs, and then you throw just jabs. Now, either you're going to get hit in the face with them, or you're going to move your head. Staying that close and having, or maybe having one person up against the wall, they have nowhere to go. Right. So there's not, you have to move right in the spot we were in. When you hit the ring and you have more space to move around, it makes it so much easier. But if you drill the toe-to-toe with one guy with his back up against the ropes or, the, or a wall... He's got nowhere to go, so he has to learn the in-close fighting so he can move around. Guys like Mayweather who stay in the corner and move around, if you notice, he's not open. His sh- his lead shoulder's always up protecting that chin. Right. And he's moving the head around. And it's just skill and experience of knowing. You, you watch guys' tapes. You know what punches they're going to throw. You kind of know it's a one, th- right. one, one, two, three, which ways to move when it's coming at you. Right, right, right. When the guys throw the weird punches like Tyson used to do, that messes people's timing up. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad Darren brought up the uh, standing up against the wall. Darren used to uh, help coach the, the uh, fight team that I had in the basement for a, for a long time. And that was one of the drills that he introduced to the, to the fighters in the basement. 
is we would have the guy stand with the heel up against the wall, and the base first rule was you couldn't move. You know, you couldn't move that heel. You couldn't go backwards, and you couldn't step off. And the, and your training partner would step and stand in front of you, and we would start off with just basic, basic jabs, and and you, you kind of had to move out of the way, or you're going to get punched in the face. Now, of course, no one wants to get punched in the face, and the, and the, and it was a progression to the drill. We didn't just start off full blast. But I remember that being one of the first drills that Darren introduced in the basement. Was this idea of the foot, you know, foot up against the wall drill is what I called it, and the guys loved it because after if if you can start avoiding punches, and, and again I've run this from Darren who's phenomenal. If you can avoid punches while your foot's up against the wall and you can't move, once you take away that barrier, now you feel like even if you're in a 12 by 12 ring, you feel like you're in a fucking football stadium. Because you know you can you can survive up close. I mean, and I don't gotta tell you, Alex. I mean, you're a Wing Chun guy, right? So you know surviving up close. And right. there's, there's this whole idea of you know purposely limiting. Like I think in Wing Chun, you guys do a drill. You guys, as if I don't do Wing Chun, um, where like like some people do like that tabletop chi sao. Yeah. Right. Just and I would think one of the sole purposes of it would be to just to limit mobility. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and to force you to use movement and not constantly just step away and back away when something's coming at you. You have to learn how to, uh, uh, like, basically slip and avoid punches at close range. You have no chance to just constantly step back or go to kicking. Right. So, and that's the same thing with this with this boxing drill that that we used to do down in the basement with the MMA fighters. Was this this idea of just you know slowly working more and. A progression of uh, more tools and, and and higher speeds to to work on our bob and weave and our slipping and things to that effect, you know. And um, but Darren, I want to ask you a question. When when we would move move boxing a little bit, and I would throw punches at you, you would often and it's a, it's a typical boxer's move. Instead of moving straight back, you would always angle off, right? So if I threw a punch at you. Like, you would kind of just angle off and change the angle and stuff like that. Um, and I know what the answer is going to be, but how do you develop that skill? Time how- and time and... and uh, right. And just drilling and drilling and drilling. The thing is with me, I'm shorter. So anytime... I've, I don't think I've ever fought anybody shorter than me. So once I get that ground, I don't want to give it up. Right. So I'd rather step to the side or at an angle as opposed to stepping back and giving up. You know, I'll take a punch to give you three. Right, that's, right, that's, right. A, that's a fair trade to me. One for three is perfectly fair. So you don't want to give that ground up. You just you just got to keep drilling, and then you do you start from the the jab drill where one person just throwing a jab. So that's all you're worried about. Then you work way up to doing just straight right hands. Then you do one two, and then you, you then you you can almost do one you do one sided sparring where the one person's just doing defense up against the uh, ring or the uh, the wall. Right, it, it's a progression. It's not, uh, it's not great to get punched in the face. I actually have a story with that. When I came back from the military, I boxed on the army team, and I took my brother to a gym, and we were doing that drill. And at the end of the drill, we both had bloody noses. We right. Both had, our lips were bleeding, and you know it, it was fine. It was my brother. Who cares? We wiped it off. The coach in the gym came running over. I didn't say you could spar. You can't spar. So we're like, we're not sparring, we're doing a drill. So he kind of threw us out of the gym. <laughs> he kicked us out for like a week and a half, two weeks, we couldn't come back. And wow. then when we came back two weeks later, he had his guys doing the doing same, the same drill, drill wrong. 
wrong. They were yeah, moving go. all over the place. It was just horrible to watch. That's too far. But he That's had a, funny. you know, he was back. It was one of those rocky, um, yeah. uh, Mickey type trainers. Oh, I hit the bag. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Darren, even though MMA, obviously, there's kicking involved, there's wrestling, it's a, a lot different than just straight boxing. Um, so, obviously, MMA boxing is going to be different than straight boxing. But is there anyone in MMA where if you just look at their boxing that you would say, like, they look like they have pretty decent boxing from, like, a, from the boxing side of things? Like, is there anybody in MMA or martial arts in general who impresses you with their hands? Um, both of the Diaz brothers. Are awesome boxers. Um, I hate to say it, but McGregor. He oh, so let's go. To he's one. a good boxer. Darren hates McGregor. That's I, why I don't hates. hate McGregor. I just don't like the the you know like his his the antics antics. outside the ring. Nobody, it's not unnecessary. The right. shit going on now with him and uh, what the other fighter that Khabib. Khabib, Khabib yeah, that's just nonsense. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right. I right, mean, yeah. and him him fighting Mayweather, that was really. I think he thinks he did better than he did, but. The way Mayweather was jabbing him in the belly, I do that when I spar my wife. <laughs> so it's See, that. most men have sex with their wives. No, no, my wife. She can't. <laughs> Let me explain to you. You want if you have kids or a wife, teach them how to box. No, I know. I'm obviously. It's not First a. Of, Katie, excuse me. I'm sorry, but Katie, Darren's wife, Katie, is a fucking badass who's boxed, and she'll she'll kick my butt. So, fullest respect there. She's Darren coaches her, and she's a good boxer. And you can't it can't be called abuse if you got right. gloves on. Right. <laughs> and, and signed up for it. Yeah, Alex. Um, oven mitts or gloves. <laughs> oh my, my god! My lawyer says so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean McGregor has a has a good boxing game. He's got good, that good not, distance yeah. control and timing and. That's um, that's those, those. I hate to call the word use the word intangibles, but those are just you know. If he had fought somebody more at his boxing level, he would have won. He's a good boxer. It's just Mayweather's just at a whole different level. I think the only advantage that McGregor had was the age, but Mayweather's still kicking it. I dude. think that the I think the goal for that fight was money. Money, yeah. Exactly. So they won. Yeah. You know that was they, no one cared about the boxing. It was. At least as far as them two. Yeah. They, they only cared about the money. It was just, it was a marketing thing. The good thing about that fight card is the rest of the fights that night were great fights. So it was kind of worth the hundred bucks. Right, right, but right. Th that fight was the sparring match. Yeah, right. When, was... when Mayweather was done sparring, he just took him out. That's really how it worked out. Um, you know, I'm sorry to badmouth uh, no, Sean's fine. favorite fighter on the planet, but, <laughs> but the rest of the card was an exciting uh, night of fights. I watch um, I, I, I watch the fights with Darren a lot. We um, he's either coming to my house or I'm going to his with my son. We we, we do it quite often. Um, yeah, we watched the UFC just a few weeks ago and Darren came over. Right, exactly. Alex, I forget was here which with car Darren. that was. Yeah, that was a lot of fun though. Yeah, and um, and so Darren came up with this awesome game. Um, oh yeah, that's right. He was explaining it though. When yeah, he, it's when really him about it's. It. It's so freaking cool. I'm going to let Darren explain it, but it's it's such a cool game. It's uh, it's called a fight card game. And you want to talk about its creation and just... Uh... Real quickly, I'm you know, I invented it like 20 years ago, and I, we played it a whole different way. This way, I, I created... I actually went out and I had the cards printed up, and it's so easy to play. The fighters walk into the ring, you know, everybody picks a card, and the card will tell you how 
who you're supposed to root for and how they're supposed to win. So let's say I picked the blue knockout card. The guy in the blue corner has to win by a knockout. Right. If I get the red tap-out card, the guy in the red corner has to win by a tap-out. And it's, it, it's such it's such an easy concept, but it's such an amazing game. So listen, if you're like me, you know, you, you, you order the UFC fights. They, you know, they, they start at 8 o'clock. But nobody that you give a shit about is going to start fighting until 11, right? So <laughs> from 8 to 11, you have all these, like, undercard guys that no one ever heard of. So, you know, am I rooting for this guy from Brazil or this guy from Yugoslavia? And you don't know either one of them. They're both, you know. Yugoslavia. <laughs> well, no, I, I love Yugoslavia. I just I just looked at a word on the map and it said Yugoslavia. That's a real place. Yeah, what right? map from 1987? <laughs> yeah, McGregor's using, he's moving to Yugoslavia now. <laughs> so, so, so you got these two guys. Okay, so we'll pick some place that doesn't really exist, like Cuba, right? So, <laughs> so you have Cuban fighters, right? So you have so you have these two fighters. Basically, you know nothing about, and you don't give a shit about who wins the fight. So you're sitting there, it almost becomes background noise at your house. So what Darren does is everybody kicks in a buck around. Now, you don't have to gamble on it. Just And that's the number that we pick is a dollar a fight. So if the whole night you have 10 fights, you, you, your risk of losing is 10 bucks, right? So everybody kicks in a buck and draws a card. And if, you know, and like Darren's card set has like, I don't know exactly how many cards are in the set, but even if, so if there's only five years, everybody draws two if you want to, whatever. Yeah, it's 13, 13 cards. You can go up to 13 for an MMA match. If you need it, if you, it's just, the basic cards are tap out, knockout, choke out, and uh, decision. And that's eight people can play. So yeah, if everybody kicks in a buck and you take a card, and then like you say, okay, so now I have, I'm not only rooting for the guy in the blue corner, who I don't even know what his name is, uh, but I know he's from the blue corner, so I'm rooting for him, and I want him to win by knockout. And if he wins by knockout, I win the pool. And then, you know, and, every, and, then, so, and then in the next fight, you do it again, and you do it again. So, like we said, and then if you get to, when you get to, like, the title match, everybody kicks you two bucks or whatever. Yeah, you lose $2. Yeah, right. It's like, you know, and it really makes the night so much more fun, and you become more engaged in the, in the fights that don't mean anything. You know, like, and I hate to say it don't mean anything. I mean, you know, but the, the fights that you normally would have zero rooting interest whatsoever, now all of a sudden you give a shit, not only who wins the fight, but you give a shit how they win the fight. So you start looking for and rooting for, like, you know, oh, I, I drew, the, I drew the, the, uh, the submission card. I'm praying that the guy in the blue corner is, you know, they introduce yeah. him as a JITS black belt, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know... <laughs> You know, it's like, and, and you start like really, really getting engaged. I we love the game. We play it every time with the fights, and it's just yeah, a lot of hopefully fun. You don't get the submission card, and you got CM Punk in your corner. Right, exactly <laughs> right. No, then you just, then you just tear your money up and throw it out the window. Right. <laughs> the best, you know, cut showing off. The best way to explain it is my wife Katie came up with the best uh, analogy. It's like uh, football, the Super Bowl. You go to the Super Bowl party. Neither team is your team, but you're still throwing money to get a box. Now you're rooting for something. It kind of gets everybody involved. Perfect. You yes. have a fight night where you invite your buddies over and they bring their spouses or girlfriends or people that don't really care about the fights. And they sit there politely quiet doing nothing or they go in the kitchen or outside. It gets everybody involved. I, you know, 
that's the one thing I push with this game. It just gets it makes it makes a fight night fun for everyone. Right. So, and so, so Darren took the took this idea of these cards that he had made up, and um, he's selling the fight card game. It's an actual card game you can order and buy on Amazon.com. It's called the Fight Card Game, and he has a website, thefightcardgame.com. And it's really, I'm telling you, it's fucking cool. And I wouldn't tell you something's fucking cool if I didn't think it was fucking cool. And I'm telling you, this is fucking cool. You will have fun playing this game if you're into MMA. It's the game I had. I, uh, <coughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, when I, saw the, when I saw the idea last time I was over there, uh, I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought, like, wow. Especially, like, when you're there in the undercard. And also, sometimes you have people who don't really know that much about the martial art themselves. And then you can still get them involved and get people like who are kind of you know a lot more engaged in it. It just makes it more fun for everybody. Can you say? Yeah. No. I, uh, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's just one of those things. It, I invented it 20 years ago, and you, I've played at UFCs for 20 years. So it's not like a game. I'm not going to put down Cards Against Humanity because that's a very fun game. But after you've played it five or six times, now you got to buy a, a companion pack or something like that. This. The cards you buy on Amazon, you ha- always have them. And every UFC, you know, whether the fights are pay-per-view and you invite people over and have some pizzas, or, you know, just you and a couple of people hanging out watching, you know, like a, like a smaller event. Right. It's, 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 it definitely makes the game more exciting. It makes the, the fight night more engaging. You know, it, it, it gives you a rooting interest in fights where you would just simply would not have cared about before. And... And you have more fun. You just you have more fun watching the fights. And you don't have to be. It's not like okay, me and Darren are gonna sit down and and and, and we're gonna you know there's ten guys here and if we're all gonna pick a winner and and and, and a method, like maybe Darren knows a lot more about this than I do. So like he'll have a better guess, right? Now I have no shot of winning. If, if like you know if Darren we're looking at the fighters and he says, well okay, I think the blue guy is gonna win. And he's going to win by submission, so he has that. There's no, you know, it's not a fair fight. But this idea of just drawing cards. Well, do you remember back when when Tyson was knocking everybody out? The game you played with Tyson was you just put round numbers in a hat, and you picked out a round number of when Tyson was going to knock the other guy out. <laughs> right, right. I remember that game because I, I picked out number one, and I won like 100 bucks that night. So it, that's, that, that was the game you played with Tyson. Right, right, right. It wasn't like the other guy had a chance to win. But yeah, Sean's right, though, because people will show up to a fight. If they know the fighters, they're always like, oh, I really like this guy. This, the other guy's got to lose or, you know, just, just makes, like I said, just makes a little more game of chance. Right, exactly right. And, 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 and you don't, again, you don't have to gamble because, you know, Darren wants to be sensitive to the fact that there are people that, you know, can't control gambling. So you can play this without gambling. But and gambling uh, may be illegal in your state. Just uh, our lawyers just told us that. So you have to check with your local state laws. <laughs> but that's that's one of the things I, who is not responsible for <laughs> illegal activities if, in your apartment. Yeah, Alex. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please contact your gambling uh, support group in your state. Absolutely. That's my. Or your booking. So, 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 Sean, you, your son's wedding is going to be on the night of Poirier and uh, and Holloway too. I am you sure John night? didn't. I'm sure John didn't realize that when he picked the wedding date because he would have never done that. He loves fighting too much. 
So are we gonna are we gonna play the fight card game like uh, just live like looking at looking at Twitter while it's going on? We're gonna be randomly screaming during the wedding like, oh sorry guys, sorry. That's actually a good idea, actually. That's yeah, pretty funny, fun yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we you know I really wanted to I wanted to invite Darren on for um, for his boxing skill, but he showed up wearing his T-shirt about the fight card game, so. I said, you know what? I'm going to talk about the game a little bit. He, you know, I, it just, it really is fun. It's a, it's and, a fun. And, and, and one more time, just for people who missed it, where can they get the fight card game again? Oh well, they should go to Amazon.com and just put in the fight card game. Go, or you can go go to our site, thefightcardgame.com, and every page has a link to go to Amazon to pick up a set. And the the the, the, uh, the website has more information about it, like. When you buy a set of cards, it comes with a, a QR code on the outside that if you scan, it takes you right to the instructions. So you don't have to. And believe me, um, dudes of Kung Fu, you play it one time, you, you'll know exactly how to do it. It's not, it's not like a rocket science. But the only thing to wait for is wait for the referee to announce how the guy wins. Because you'll always have people yelling. When somebody's choking another fighter, that fighter will tap. But the fighter that won, won by choke out. But you'll have the guy with the tap card screaming and yelling, and the guy with the choke card screaming and yelling, and you'll have, like, a, they'll have, a, you'll have a fight in your living room. Right, right, right. So always wait till the referee decides or makes, you know, announces the decision. Right, right. Win or buy this. And, uh, oh, yeah, and, and I just, you'll, trust me, you guys, you'll like, you'll, you'll enjoy yourself. You'll enjoy yourself. But to get back to boxing, I have one more question for you. Um, and I know the answer is, well, just get, in, get to get out there and do it. But I'm fascinated with strategy. Like, that's my thing. I love strategy. I love, you know, things like that. And one of the things I notice with boxers, they have a way of stalking you. Um, a way of cutting off the ring. So that, like, you know, I next thing you know, find out that I find myself in a corner and I just... Don't want to be there, you know. And they they cut off the avenues of escape. I don't. I know there's no set answer as to like, oh, how can I prevent that? But how does even people that want to fight through the street, you know, look at the idea of being able to cut off, cut off movement without? I don't. How am I? I don't know how. To, am I not describing it right? Alex, do you know what I mean? You want, to be the guy, you want me to explain the, the guy cutting the ring yes, off? Yes, cutting the ring off. How are they going about cutting the ring off? Just when if your guy fighter in front of you is moving to his left, you want to move to your right. And it's cutoff punches. You can throw body shots. And whether they hit or not, it still kind of interrupts their movement. You know, you just, you just want to be on top of where they're going. I've seen fights where, you know, you've seen them too, where the uh, one fighter's running around the ring and he's taking, you know, getting good shots, and the other guy's chasing him and chasing him because he won't cut off the ring. Sometimes it, you have to get ugly to cut off right. the ring, step on some toes, you know, try to, like, charge in. Uh, you know, you just got to get, get in the way of where he's going. You, you got to be where he wants to go. Because, see, I think, I think guys that study, quote-unquote, Kung Fu for the street or JKD for the streets, that is a skill that gets written off as sport that can very well be passed on to street fighters that guys that are training quote-unquote for the street really should have that's because if if you're in a in a bar if you're in a, a store if you're anywhere if you can cut off the avenue of escape effectively with your with your movement 
that, that, that puts you three steps ahead of the guy. Well, the one thing that um, boxing, I guess, has kind of got to catch up to, like uh, the UFC has what's called a landing strip. around the, It's a different color around the edge of the ring. So if you're getting backed up and you see yourself on the landing strip, if you don't want to be up against the fence, you got to move. Right, right. So right. it's a color change. You can see it peripherally or you can look down and see it. Boxers just have to... The way they st- boxer stances, when you back up, your your back calf, they call it the uh, curb feeler. Like, remember the curb feelers you used to buy at Kmart, put on your, your caddy and drive around? Right, right, right. right. Exactly. As soon as you feel that Cogs bottom rope, <laughs> that bottom rope hits your calf, your, your back is almost on the rope. So either you spin out, get out of there, or you... You want to fight against the ropes? You know where you know your how close you are. Right, 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 right. So now, uh, Darren, a lot of uh, a lot of martial artists practice like same lead, like kind of orthodox versus orthodox or southpaw versus southpaw. But obviously, a big problem in boxing is when you have uh, an orthodox fighter versus a southpaw fighter. They often call it the curse of the southpaw. Now. Um, and in martial arts, we have we usually call that an open stance, like when you're kind of in those unmatched leads. What are the general strategies in boxing when you are, let's say, an orthodox fighter fighting a southpaw fighter? You want to get your foot to the outside. You always want to have to your outside because a lot of times you want to step in on each other, but you always want to be to the outside. That's that you just want to be on the outside angle. You know? Right. So if I'm stepping in on you. You want to be punching in and not punching out. So you want to be up to the always moving towards the outside. Um, I don't um, subscribe, I guess, to the the southpaw jinx or whatever. You know, he's got to punch me with his hands. I don't care what position you're in. You have hands. They got to come towards me. If I, what I'll do, I'm not great at switching stance. But if I got a fighter who's fighting a, a or you know regular, and then he switches to southpaw. I'll switch too just to fuck with him. Oh, is okay, sir. That's fine. You can, you I'll switch. Can, I'll switch too just to fuck, the fuck with you. Him. Want. <laughs> you know, Sean, Sean or, broke that bar a long time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, get your foot to the outside, and you you got to watch. Where you, any you got to keep your hands up. That's another important thing. You see guys um, who throw punches and they they it's like they're rowing a boat. If right. Can, if, if on the in the radio, if you can understand, if, if you punch straight out instead of bringing your head straight back, you bring it down like you're rowing a boat. Guys do that. You just come over the top and follow it right in. But the the southpaw thing, I, that's that never bothered me. I, I you know, okay. I always get inside and take out any advantage. I, but you get your foot to the outside, and it's it's like gold. You'll see guys in fights stepping over, and they're not even throwing punches. You're just stepping over each other left and right. But it, right, right, right. You know, the, the lateral movement of boxers is one thing that's always impressed me and, and something I always said, like, you know, that is definitely something applicable to the street. This idea of coming to the outside and then when the, the your opponent shifts to now deal with you being on his outside, like that bobbin weave underneath to come up now to on his off on his offside, offhand side, that that kind of lateral movement is always impressed impressed me so much. With boxing and and I and I know that that's quote unquote really advanced. You know this idea of moving and, and deal, dealing with the counter movement of, of your opponent and then coming underneath and coming onto the outside. That 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 there is sport fighting, right? Because that's what the 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 the, the, the tag the tag for um, you know the, the street people say. Well, that's only for the that's only sport. 
But that, which is just nonsense. Well, I think most martial arts, and it is one thing I preach when I teach guys, if you're not moving, you're not fighting. Because remember the old-time boxers that used to stand toe-to-toe and just pound each other? And it's, I, used, I call it the white boy boogie. Like a lot of old-time white fighters would just stand in front of each other and pound each other. Right. If you do that, you have to be stronger and faster and more durable than the guy in front of you. But if you're moving, it creates another aspect. Like you right. know, now right. I, you have to not chase me, but you have to find me. Right. Absolutely. And uh, it's, I guess the same thing with martial arts. You guys, you know, use this movement. Sure. No, yeah. It's um, the basis of what she can do is is on movement. That's it's just and I, and I think I think that's one of the things. You know, they say Bruce Lee took um, Jeet Kune Do. The original basis of Jeet Kune Do was some combination of boxing, fencing, and Wing Chun. That's the basis of Jeet Kune Do. Um, that he was fascinated by uh, Muhammad Ali. And because Bruce Lee fought right lead, he was known for watching Ali fights in a mirror so that he could mimic Ali in now right lead. Yeah, but you know what? Muhammad Ali and some of the really great fighters, even fighters now in the UFC or, or any um, arena, some of them are at such a high level that there's really no mimicking. And them, it's like... it's. It's like they have the, in their genes. They were like created just to be on this planet and be fighters. It's ridiculous. Right, well, I don't think Bruce Lee advocated that for his for his people. This was for him. I think he saw himself, and a lot of people see him as like on that kind of genius level of, of martial arts. He was so he probably equated himself with oh, you know, maybe I can't box with Ali. But I bet I can learn some of those skills. Oh, without a doubt. Anybody can learn the skills. You know, and I think like that's why he did it in a mirror, so that he could see it clearer for a right lead. You know, and... Um, right, well, you know, that's another thing. Years ago, um, same way, anybody can learn the skills. Matt Thornton had said to me one time, because, you know, I've always had the fight and the problem with the weight, and I said online one day, so maybe I'm not an athlete, but this is how I would go about this. And he said, no, you are an athlete. Anybody gets up in the morning and takes one step towards trying to get better athletically is an athlete. That we're all just at different levels of athleticism. And it makes sense to learn applicable skills at whatever level you are. And they'll only get better as you get better athletically. You know, so to sit there and say like, oh, I'm not going to do boxing until I lose enough weight that I can go into a boxing gym is ridiculous. It's go go learn how to box at that weight, and then you'll lose the weight, and be get better at boxing as you lose the weight, and and or as you get more athletic, you know, and I, I think one thing you should share with the folks is like, Darren doesn't just train boxing, you know, he stays athletically fit because his wife makes him. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, N- nail on the head. Nail on the head. Well. It, it, but him and his wife take take part in, um, or used to definitely always take part in those mud runs, and they got too expensive. We used to do a lot. We one year we banked like we spent. I think it was close to fifteen hundred bucks each on races, and we were doing like three a weekend. It was crazy, but the price got to be out of control. But yeah, she 
She makes me exercise. She makes him exercise and eat, eat right. It's, it's pretty funny. Like, he calls me here sometimes because he knows I'm not doing either one of those. And he's just like, Sean, talk to me about what you're eating for dinner tonight. And like, describe it like as greasy as possible, you know? <laughs> just like, yeah, I had a sandwich for lunch today made out of the, the bread was cauliflower. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> Oh my God! I, I feel Sean so just held back some vomit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much healthier. I think tomorrow I'm gonna have a sandwich made out of donuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, when when Katie goes shopping, kale stock rises. Yeah. It's just yeah. So here we got some questions online, dude. Yeah, so we um, we posted uh, on the dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page if anybody had any topics we uh, that they wanted us to talk about, and we had a pretty overwhelming response. As a result, we are definitely not going to be able to get to everyone's question this week, and we will probably maybe make next uh, a podcast uh, just kind of about answering these remaining questions because there was enough in there that uh, oh we sure yeah talk about for quite a long time. Um, there actually was a couple of questions there that um, I was stumped about a little bit. It uh, regarded one in particular was about Jeet Kune, though. Somebody um, who, on Facebook by the name of Valor JKD asked about the moon form, N-G-M-O-O-N. I, I, it, in Cantonese, it should be moon, which would mean five gates. And right. apparently this was some form that Bruce Lee had created. I actually never heard about that. Do you know anything about that? I do, actually. Um... But I think, you know, it's it's the five gates form, and it, it looks like, you know, it's just something nonsense. It's it's really, it, it's, 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 oh, jeez. Um, I didn't know we were going to talk about this, so I should have, I didn't think about it. But, can, of, uh, can of worms? Did I, did I bring up some weird, like, sore spot? In no, no, not at all. It's just, it's, 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 some people, some people spend a lot of time on, on, on this form. And I think they would much be, this is going to be piss off JKD people left and right. They'd be much better off just learning Wing Chun. You know, so the, the form itself is like Wing Chun movements placed it in order and just created a form kind of thing. Uh-huh. Is it done from um, like a JKD stance or something? Or No, I, I've seen it done basically just, you know, standing there, you know, and... and uh, it's 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 like people learn it for historical purposes, and it's if something you want that, and it's something Bruce Lee created. I don't know why this ever escaped my radar. I didn't even heard about this. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Matter of fact, maybe I'll. If you're a good boy, Alex, I'll <laughs> film myself doing it. Oh. And if you're a very good boy, I'll leave my shirt on when I do it. But <laughs> and if I'm really really good, you'll just send me a video of somebody else doing it. <laughs> that's what's really gonna happen. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So yeah, it's a form created by Bruce Lee. At least that's what the the legend behind it is. That, and it's it's from what I know of it and remember it. And again, I haven't done it in I can't tell you how many years. It was just like Wing Chun movements strung together, and it was I I other than for historical purposes. Maybe. I I remember thinking like there was no reason to learn it other than maybe he wanted to streamline some of the moves. That's that probably he was, what it was. Yeah, you know. Same thing like MMA. They like Jeet Kune Do. They pull the best of everything. Maybe he just wanted to streamline the, the the learning curve. It could be. It could be that he just wanted to you know plug his name on something or he was, or, he was drunk. Someday, he was drunk one day. Or, and Linda wouldn't give him any uh, right, right. action. He was, he was high on opium. Oh wait, no, that was it, man. Um, just <laughs> speaking of that, we had another question from Edwin Estrella who talked about. 
what would happen to the arts if like the like the arts being Jeet Kune Do and Wing Chun in particular if like the mythos of Yip Man and Bruce Lee were extracted from it so like kind of what would be left of it and I thought like nothing no one would even know of them yeah well first of all there's that but also essentially any martial art has some mythos attached to it because that's how they got into public view Right. There's some martial arts that have gone beyond the personalities. Like, for example, if you just say karate, you think of like Japanese karate or Okinawan karate. But there's so many personalities and it's so become part of like the fabric. You don't necessarily attach karate with like a one specific practitioner unless, of course, you are like a karate person of a certain line. Same thing with judo. I mean, you have Jigoro Kano and all of that. But if you just say judo, you think of judo. If you just say karate, you think of karate. If you think of Wing Chun, usually there's some association with Bruce Lee or Yip Man. Jeet Kune Do, for sure, it's inseparable. So I think most or many martial arts, they came to prominence because they were attached to some kind of mythos. It's just that some of them grew out of it. And I think because Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do are a lot newer to the scene, not like Wing Chun is obviously older, but in terms of people hearing it, um, people already knew what karate was in the 60s when people first heard of Wing Chun, right? So I think maybe it's just because it's a little bit newer and maybe that's why it's still attached to the personalities where some older arts are right. already kind point. of like established on their own. Right, that, that's a good point. And again, going back to... Just because we had Darren on today, like the sport martial arts... One of the things I like about the sport, sport martial arts is there's never, ever, ever discussion about lineage. Mm-hmm. A guy can be the coach or not. You know what I mean? And when you, talk, when, you, when, you talk, when you talk to boxers, they may say, oh, yeah, I trained with this coach. And you've either heard of that coach or not heard of that coach. But you never hear him, like, give his lineage in boxing going back to some famous boxing coach right. three generations ago. You know? Yeah, my coach trained from this coach who learned from this coach who you know it's but it is kind of cool i mean i one thing i don't put down martial arts sean knows this um if for martial any kind of martial art i mean you if it takes you out of your house into a social environment and you're doing exercise that's a win-win situation you know there's nothing wrong with it and knowing like a lineage it's it's kind of it's exciting Well, well yeah so lineage to me lineage to me is cool in the geek factor of a martial arts like I dig on that I think I think it's cool to have that I just don't think it's important but like so people like say to me like why do you do Wing Chun was your JKD not good enough you know or why, why do you do Wing Chun because I enjoy it you like doing and this. part of Wing Chun to me is I have a Sifu his Sifu was Moya you know like his, like his Sifu was Yipman like that's all part of the full package of Wing Chun to me. But, but it's not important to me being of an important Wing Chun. I'm, I'm sound like an idiot here, which is no different. I know, Alex. But I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> well, it's Im- <laughs> well, it's important to me as part of the package of Wing Chun. It has no bearing onto my ability as a fighter, right. what my lineage is, or if I even know what my lineage is. You know, it's like... Yeah, but you're not going to be fighting all the time. It's cool to sit around with people like Alex and talk about the lineage. No, no, then you've never spoken to Alex if you think it's cool to sit around and talk with Alex. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I, Alex seems like a really cool guy. Um, 
And we got to do the fights again soon, Alex. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, it gives you something that you can't sit around and train right. for the five hours you're going to hang out with Alex. So you sit around and bullshit about lineage or, you know, you heard, you know. Right, right, right. About just yeah, Conor yeah. McGregor, he's like endless topic fodder for us these days. If, if you notice, and you may not notice this, but it's okay. If you look at Alex, Alex, talk for a second so you can come up on our screen. Okay, what's going yeah. on? He's got that Conor McGregor beard thing going on now. That's he's dying to be Conor McGregor. Yeah, it's clearly, like clearly, clearly, I want to be embroiled in all the nonsense he's embroiled in right now. Give me a break. A- 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 Alex is a drunken night away and a fight with his wife away from kind of a neck tattoo <laughs> <laughs> and a gorilla tattooed on his stomach. And by the way, that was one of the questions on uh, on the dude. Some somebody, uh, Steve. Uh, Steve Strutt asked uh, what we thought about the Conor McGregor retirement news, which he has since rescinded. So I was like, that's all fake news. I don't know. Like, it just sounds like more promotion to me. Yeah, I think, you know, Conor's, I think Conor's not sure what he wants to do himself. I mean, you know, he's trying to muster up excitement and whatever kind I mean, of fight also he has. the money that he has now after the Mayweather fight, I would be very kind of ambiguous, like, it's very difficult to stay hungry when you're not hungry. <laughs> you know? Right. Why, That's exactly why, right. Why doesn't he move into movies or get into WWE? Exactly. Exactly. Look at Ronda Rousey. She's kind of, I think she's past her fighting days, so yes. she's doing WWE and movies. And That's she's right. doing very well. They love her over at WWE. Like, she's very popular, and she's doing quite well over there. I think Connor would be able to talk smack with the WWE. Like Paige, Paige Van Zandt's doing that now too. She's doing, yeah, she's, she's a she's a model now. Paige, Van she's Zandt. more doing yeah. She did Sports Illustrated, I think, right? Right, yeah. She's doing. She's gonna be in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit. That's edition. awesome. It pushes MMA, you know. Yeah, absolutely, the... absolutely. I agree. And um, but yeah, I, I still think that one day Alex is gonna just show up with all the Connor's tattoos. He's just <laughs> the moment you have a neck tattoo is the moment you decide my resume doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you might need to add another card to the uh, fight card game, which is like when John Jones fights, like you know, the potential disqualification or uh, or Usada. <laughs> okay, he got popped for steroids, but they're still letting him fight, so he wins. <laughs> We're gonna have to start adding more cards as more and more ridiculous things happen on a regular basis in MMA. We do have a disqualification card, though. <laughs> important, especially with those eye jabs. Right? Yeah, without a doubt. Those supposed eye jabs that don't work in real fights yet end up stopping fights all the time. <laughs> right, the MMA fights, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, so I know I saw Topher ask the question. Ah, yes. But, and part of it was in Chinese. Is it too long? Yeah, so I'll let you go ahead and handle that. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> the, Topher, the answer is no, Topher. Yeah. So um, he he asked about uh, a famous Wing Chun concept, and but he you know was being very fancy and used the Chinese characters, uh, and it's uh, Lin Xiu Dai Da. You know Lin Xiu. Dai da. I know Lin Xiu Dai Da. I grew up with Lin Xiu Dai Da. I've been Lin Xiu Dai Da. I've been Lin Xiu Dai Da in Darin since I'm a kid. Proud of you. Golf clap. Proud of you. How do you, how, Jesus Christ, what are you going to wear a dress next time? So basically, isn't Lin Sodai Da basically um, blocking block an attack at the same time? Mm. <laughs> so actually, the Chinese lin lin means to link. 
Uh, CU means defense and with offense. So it's actually- okay. So so almost like what I just fucking said. No, right? you said block, and that is not the same as. Defense. Oh God, Jesus! Uh oh, oh Jesus! <laughs> oh Jesus! Because and I'll tell you why. It's often it's often described, for example, Tanto punch. Right? You have a defensive yes. hand and an offensive hand. But this is actually not really a representation of Lin Xiu Tai Da. Lin Xiu Tai Da is really when each action has both components. So your punch not only hits your opponent, but also defends the incoming punch. So it is both acting offensively and defensively in one movement rather than two movements doing two things. One movement does both. That's actually the highest form, and it's often translated as simultaneous block and punch, meaning two different things. But the highest form is actually one hand that accomplishes both. So like a long ball then? Yeah, like skipping a punch. Yeah, exactly, exactly. When a guy throws a punch, you skip off his arm and you hit him in the head. Yeah, right. that's it. That's it. So And so he asked about how does it fit in Wing Chun and Jeet Kune Do. So I just basically told you how we look at it. Uh, it does Jeet Kune Do have a take on it uh, that... That is different well, or you know what in Jeet Kune Do it's always been taught as like Tan Sao Da Loi Ha Pak Da this um Gan Sao Da this idea of defend and hit at the same time but I like I like your I like what you're saying better um I, I like what you're saying better this idea of the attacking motion the also handles defense and again it takes me back to Luke Den Bunkwan being the universal explanation for everything Wing Chun, it's it, that's because that's the pole. I mean, to me, the defense action of the pole should always the, ideally be the attacking motion. Right, right. In, and, in long pole. And, and you know that uh, your your Si Gong uh, Moyat also had uh, that in his Kun Kun book, uh, but he used it in a different formulation. It was Da Sao Jik Siu Sao, which is the striking hand is the defending hand. And oh, see, I yeah. actually, I actually like the one that um, that Sifu Moyat used a little bit better than Lin Xiu Tai Da because Lin Xiu Tai Da can can be a bit ambiguous. But literally, the one that Moyat used was the striking hand is also the defending hand, and that for me is actually what Lin Xiu Tai Da should be translated as. But the Moyat one, in my opinion, is is much more direct, and I like that one better. And how do you say that again in Chinese? So. You know, da means to hit, right? So if right. you say da sao, means the hitting hand. Da sao. Zik means like to be. It's kind of, it's not the verb to be, but it, it means it in the sentence. Siu, same siu like lin siu. Uh, so it's da sao, zik siu sao, right? So it is like the hitting hand is the defending hand. I like that. I yeah, gotta write that yeah. down. And, and that's in that's in the Moyat Kunkut book, the old, the old white cover book. That's in there too. It's one of the chops. It's quite nice. That's 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 pretty damn cool. I like that. I'm, yes. Uh, that's going that's going in my notes there, young man. Awesome. See, I taught you something that comes from your lineage. I'm very proud. <laughs> your your Sivo Moyat's uh, 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 book with the uh, Kunkut. Uh, I mean, we all learn those in Wing Chun, but every Sivo has like some of their own, and some that are a little bit different. And so right, sure. that book was a huge point of research for me in terms of comparing it. And I actually learned a lot from that book, and it's been a huge. Huge resource for me, yeah. As your as your dog can attest to. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm just. It's uh my my dog is like an attack dog. Oh, uh, uh, you know what? It's my it's believe it or not it's 
Hold on one second. Is that your alarm? <laughs> it's... Hold on, you believe it or not, I'm going to cut this little part out. Okay. Hold on one second. No problem. Nick! We'll have an edit. No, the pizza guy's at the door. That's <laughs> so New York. You should leave all of this in. I think this is great. <laughs> I mean, sure, maybe I should leave it in. The fucking pizza this guy's at the door. So no, 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 the podcast is almost over. The pizza's coming. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> uh, he's walking away. Jesus, down, go into the door. <laughs> Just really? sign. Just sign and give the guy a tip. For people I know, who this live is, in this New York and know the ills of delivery people in New York City yeah. is just insane. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. So, 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 folks, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to leave it in because you're right, Alex. This is so typical in New York. It's yeah, ridiculous. we got to leave this in. This is great. <laughs> we, ordered, we ordered pizza. We ordered pizza and uh, the pizza guy was at the door. God forbid he should walk away without me eating my pizza. Yeah, so I guess um, I, I guess uh, before we go here, we should uh, uh, talk about a few things. Remind everybody uh, about uh, Jim Rosalando's um, workshop in in May. All the information is on the Pinsan Wing Chun Facebook page, or you can befriend Jim Rosalando and get all the information there for those in the Boston area who want to do the two day. I think it's a two day or one day. Actually, I'm not sure. But, uh, uh, and I don't have the date written in front of me now, so I don't want to say anything. I said it on the last podcast. I think it's towards the end of May or beginning of June. Uh, That's the Boston Seminar. And uh, in addition to that, I talked about that Hong Kong trip, which is open for people to come. If you go to my Instagram page uh, for at Sifu Alex Richter or my Facebook page, um, my public one at Sifu Alex Richter, we already have information for the Hong Kong trip, which is going to be in July. And the exact date will be coming soon. So for those of you who express interest, we have a little bit more information and dates will be coming soon. And don't forget, you can go to Amazon.com and order Darren's The Fight Card Game. Come on, folks. Prove that our podcast has some power. If you like MMA, how much does it cost, Darren? On Amazon, it's $15.99. dollars Trust me if I tell you, it's freaking worth it. It is a lot of fun, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go get it. The Fight Card Game. All right, guys. Thanks a lot, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Take care. See you later, Darren. Darren. Alex, be good. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to our latest episode. Please help us get the word out there by sharing this and other episodes on your favorite social media platforms. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. We are currently using Patreon to automate great benefits to those who support the podcast. As a supporter of the dudes, you'll get early access to episodes, as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and even monthly live video conferences with the dudes. Again, go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out more about that. As always, you can help support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. If Twitter is your preferred social media outlet, you can follow the Dudes of Kung Fu there as well. Both Big Sean Madigan and yours truly are on Twitter, too. Dudes of Kung Fu is now also on Instagram, so tag it along with the hashtag Dudes of Kung Fu whenever you post something related to the podcast. A great way to support the dudes is to rate and review it on either the iTunes or Android app stores. The written reviews are immensely more helpful than just giving us a five-star rating. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. 
And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care, and thank you for supporting the Dudes of Kung Fu!